following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to Common Debauchery with your hosts, The Nightmare and Rotten Jack. <laughs> Common debauchery may contain mature subject matter and is intended for adult listeners only. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. I, as always, am the Nightmare, joined by my main man over there in the other seat across the way from me, Rotten Jack. What's up, buddy? Hey, how are you? Dude, you brought a friend. I did. You brought a friend. We talked about this a couple weeks ago that we wanted to get like a medium or some type of psychic or something on. And as soon as we were doing it, I was like, I got one. I, well, know, I know one. Well, in, introduce your friend. Be a, be a polite host. I am. So today, for your listening pleasure, we have Christy London. Uh, she is a medium and Reiki master. Um, you, If you follow any kind of... Uh, like the ghost hunting shows on TV. She's been on travel channel on the show destination fear when they came to Buffalo and did the Statler. Um, she's also the host uh, with her and her partner, Mike of the where's my sage podcast. Um, I personally have gone and done a ghost hunt with her. She is an absolute peach of a person uh, lover to death. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, Christy London. Hi everybody. Hi guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. This is, I am super pumped about this. So uh, me too. But you know, Gene, how dare you call me your friend? I thought you were my bitch. No. <laughs> oh yeah. You're, <laughs> you're somebody else's bitch too. Yeah. That's, All right. that's great. Yeah. Gene, oh, you know, stuff. I'm kidding. You know, I'm kidding. I just feel extra comfortable with you guys. I don't know. Why. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm joking. I know. I'm flattered that you thought of me and I, and you're right. We had a great time investigating together. I just had to get that out of my system. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, that, that better not be out of the system. That better keep coming, coming hot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you keep, know, keep when coming. my partner, Mike listens to this, he's going to be like, Oh my God, I can just see his face. Now he's going to be turning around. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. What did she do? <laughs> He's always going to like, uh, kind of watch me and keep me in the line, but that's all right. <laughs> so, listen, there are no lines here. There are no lines here. That It is called common debauchery for a reason because we are commonly debaucherous and it's just what we do. <laughs> I love it. Uh, speaking of what we do, let's talk about what you do. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of introduce yourself a little bit. Let's go down that road. All right. Are we sure we want to do that? <laughs> Absolutely. That's why you're here. That's why my man right. recommended you. Right. Okay. So we didn't want just um, some random. Thank you. God, just I, I have you fooled. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Job done. I'm out. <laughs> no. So like you said, uh, I am a medium and a Reiki master. Um, so I've been working publicly um, in the Buffalo, Niagara, and now Rochester for quite a while now areas um, for a good, oh gosh, six, seven years. That's, you know, 2014 is really when I came public with my gifts and started my business and, and everything. So, um, you know, it's just been great. I've worked in all different areas. I've traveled, um, offer a lot of different services. Uh, you know, I do parties, events, things like that. <clears throat> um, I'm also empathic, which means I can feel things. So that's a huge part of my gifts. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are empathic. Um, 
but it works differently for all of us. But for me, it's, it really does go to the core of the mediumship because it is a big way of, of big part of the way that spirit will communicate with me. I can also pick up on people, you know, and how they're feeling around me, you know, those who are alive and well and present around me, uh, as well as energy around me physically, but uh, spirit really is able to use uh, the empath, uh, the empathic part of me um, a lot to communicate and get their messages across. So it can be pretty interesting. Um, I, I'm I also believe able that. To, yeah. Oh, um, and oh, and yeah. for the record, we're, we're going to call that <laughs> taking the empath way. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. <laughs> you, you come here as a guest and we give you things. I love I it. Yeah, you know what? I should get my notebook out. <laughs> this is great. Um, so what else? So yeah, I'm also a Reiki master. Master just means I can teach it. <clears throat> but, right. um, you know, the only reason I really say it like that is, and I don't know why, because I haven't taught it yet. <laughs> I have not attuned anybody yet, but just so people know that I can. But it also um, helps for those who do understand um, to let them know that, um, you know, if we do something public, like, um, you know, a friend of mine, Fred Marchner, um, we used to do open Reiki public, you know, circles for the public or Reiki shares. So that means that we can have people come in, get a little taste of it, but we can open and close the sessions and people can participate kind of under us. So, but really I'm a Reiki practitioner and, you know, um, I was doing that for a while. I was doing everything out of an office for years, but with COVID my lease was up and it was just easier to let it go. Um, spirit basically said, you know, you're not going to need it. Um, and it's not going to be over for a while. So you're not, you know, there's no reason to renew it. I do have, you know, grown up kids. So as they each get kicked out of the house, once they're grown up and no, I'm kidding. So once yeah, they, I mean, you got to repurpose the bedroom. You know? Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So like, you know, the week I, I moved office. out of my parents' house, they, uh, they oh. were already converting my room to, oh, uh, hell yeah. 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 Mine's <laughs> my, my old room's an armory now. Oh, how nice. My old room is my mom's sewing Wait a minute. Room. Wait. <laughs> An armory. Um, so uh, I, I technically no. have two old bedrooms in my house. Uh, one is the family office now. The other one's the armory. And my sister's old bedroom is a guest room. So it, I, I, think, I think you can tell who they were that. more apt, like who, who they were more willing to get out of the house first. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I can promise you those plans were in the works long before you guys left the house. Oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> Without question. Oh, yeah. Without question. My husband has a, a workshop in the basement. He's got his workshop in the garage. I don't even park my car in the garage. And when, when I finally had this room open up, he's like, oh, hey, let's, because it's right on the other side of our, you know, our bedroom's on the other side of the one wall. He's like, let's open that up and extend it. And then we can put a small bathroom. And I went, hold the freaking phone. <laughs> you got you are really cute. Now uh. here's what's going to happen. <laughs> and that was long before COVID. So, right. but knowing I could do that, you know, it, it really afforded me a way to still work you know, and, and I was, cause I was, I've been doing this, you know, virtually with people all over the world for a bunch of years. So, you know, phone readings, virtual readings were not new to, uh, for me, um, doing cool. parties and things like that were, but, you know, so, you know, I have not practiced the Reiki, but I, I do use my healing in lots of other ways. Um, I don't have to do it with you laying on the table. Um, and I so, also have, oh, go ahead. Oh, but, so go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish before I start asking questions. I'm being rude. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I wasn't going to call you out on that, but that's okay. I'm I'll kidding. call myself out. It's fine. <laughs> I'm I, I have no shame in that. <laughs> I can. Oh, I love that. Good. Good. All right. So, no, I was just going to say, too, that I do, uh, as you also mentioned, I have um, a podcast, a live show and podcast, actually, uh, called Where's My Sage? A Taste of the Universe. And I do that with my co-host, uh, Mike Ann. He is the Squatch guy. Um, he is a cryptid, a Bigfoot, part of our duo. 
um, and a very dear friend of mine. And we are like an old married couple. It's great. His <laughs> wife and my husband are always just like, okay, well, whatever the you guys are going to do, just, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, I think his wife has rolled, rolled her eyes at us just like, oh my God, you guys just, okay. Like, I think her eyes are going to go in the back of her head at some point. The poor woman is just like, we drive her insane, but it's okay. We, we on it's this podcast good. appreciate that because me and me, me, me and Rotten Jack over here have the same effect on our sometimes co-host and my girlfriend, Allie Cat. So oh, yeah, okay. she, she regularly rolls her eyes in our direction <laughs> or, and then, then every other direction, because that's how I rolling works. Yes. Excellent. Um, that's right. Absolutely. So don't you dare um, call her out on it either. <laughs> oh, so listen, she, she knows she, she's aware. Um, so <laughs> before we get into the, to the, to the mediumship and stuff like that, what is a Reiki practitioner slash master. Okay, I'm going to give you the same lesson I had to give my co-host who actually is a Reiki master and still can't say the word Reiki. So it's Ray key. I like <laughs> my way better, me. but okay. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I said it. Right? I love you. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I've that's known you long enough to know how to say it. Yeah. So it's, so it's, it's Ray key. It's Reiki, yes, okay. but you can say it however you want at your show. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna get creative. Go ahead. Oh God. <laughs> See, but if you do that, though, Mike's gonna be like, "Well, he can do that. Why can't I do that?" And I'm gonna have to yell at him and say, "No." Okay. Just out of principle. <laughs> no. I, n- I never I never liked my principles. I didn't get along with them in school. Yeah, neither did I. Oh, I did. I was always the nice one. Probably making up for all the rest of you. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, no, we need people like you because of people things. like us. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Reiki. Reiki is, um, uh, it's a, it's a, gosh, all of a sudden I'm like drawing a blank here. Sorry. Somebody wants my attention. Oh, one of you might get a message tonight. When my mind goes blank like that, it means oh. someone wants my attention and I'm having a hot flash. Somebody's here. Um, so yeah, surprise. <laughs> you thought this was just going to be a regular interview. Who are you kidding? <laughs> you don't do anything. Um, <laughs> what's that? There's, there's nothing regular about the show. Oh, thank God. I know. It's I called know. common. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> you really should Even better. Uncommon debauchery. uncommon debauchery. That's right. Love it. Um, okay. So seriously, Reiki is uh, energy healing and I practice the traditional Japanese style. Okay. Um, and basically what happens is, uh, you're connecting with the universe. So it's universal life force energy. It's positive energy. And so when you are, you can give Reiki in any way. So I don't need a table in a room, even though the experience is beautiful and the, the experience is really, really nice. And it really does add to it because it is relaxing. And most people come, come out of it and, and get up uh, after a session feeling punch drunk because that's how relaxed you are. Hmm. Um, you know, you're tuned to certain symbols. Um, in order to be able to be a practitioner, there's level one, two, uh, and then three, and then there's master. Um, but you know, Reiki can be given in so many different ways. And, and the person who is giving the Reiki or conducting a session, the practitioner is not taking on anything from their client or from um, you know their sitter. It is it is something that we allow to just flow through us. So we actually benefit from it because we connect. 
And then we, you know, we let it flow through us. I always tell people, it's not like, we're not like John coffee. We're not taking anything on and we don't have to get rid of it when we're done. Right. Because people, that's what they think. Like, oh, well, you're going to help me get rid of these things. There are some of us, um, because when you are a medium, you are connected in different ways and, and you are open in different ways. And, um, so it does kind of go a little deeper not, we're not better. It doesn't, it's just, we do it differently. It happens differently. Um, and that's not anything that's really publicized. That's just from talking to other mediums and even my master, it's just the way it kind of goes, I guess. Um, but some of us can be led, especially by our spirit guides, you know, in that, in that way to help pull. So during a session, even though that's not officially part of Reiki, I will sometimes pull energy from you, but that's not Reiki. That's just extra healing as a medium, as someone who is connected in this way to the universe and to my higher power, that is something I am capable of doing. And sometimes people can feel it. So that's why, yeah, it really, it it was really neat. And I have a special guide that she comes in and sometimes I can see her, sometimes I can't, but I know she's always working with me. And I've had people tell me, you know, because it's just a, it's a massage table. So, you know, you go in and you, you just lay down and I don't even touch you when you're trained, you're trained just to very lightly lay hands. That's it. But most of the time, very, 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 very rarely do I touch anybody. My hands are usually a good few inches above you and you can still feel it. There are people who are like, oh my gosh, it was felt so good when you were touching my shoulder and then you were down on my leg and you were, and I said, I didn't lay hand on you because you can feel the energy. It's, it is amazing. I love it. I still go for it myself. Yeah. But you can also, a lot of people learn it to work on themselves because you can do that too. And it's, it's just really cool. It's, it's amazing. It helps. You can do it just for rest and relaxation. You can do it. If you have chronic pain or illness, you can do it. Roswell actually has a program. It's the Westernized version, but there's a program that you can actually, you know, their patients go and do it has been proven to help, but that's positive energy. So, right. That's what we always talk about with anything. That's really cool. And I did not know that Roswell had a Reiki program. Yep, they do. Yeah, I believe it's called the Healing Hands program, and you have to go through their training and sure. their whatever that they've approved. But yeah, and there are some mediums that do volunteer there to do that. So, and there are other there are rehab centers, outpatient places, and patient places that have Reiki. Reiki's becoming a big, you know, finally like more well known right. on that level. It's really a beautiful thing. So that's see, and, and we we say it every week. We are educational and informative on top of being overly ridiculous. So uh, <laughs> the more you know. I love it. I love um, it. So do you, Gene, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to try to keep using your real name. Yeah, um, that's like, fine. Rot- <laughs> Rotten Jack. Do you have anything to add here? Do you have anything? Like, do you have questions? Do you have any anything? Yeah. So Chrissy, why don't you just, uh, you know, kind of lead us down the path of, you know, how how you came into becoming a medium. Like, you know, how, how, does, how does it work? Like when did it? kind of like present itself to you and stuff like that and how did it present itself to you because i want to know yes oh well when i was a little kid i and and i really my story is not much different than a lot of mediums who can remember back or who were aware early on um since gosh i can't remember back to the first house i lived in after i was born and i was only like three at the time i can remember feeling like i was not alone um, being drawn to stare in certain directions, you know, um, feeling things. That's, that's why I say like the empath part of me, the empathy is so huge. It's so much a part of me. Um, because that was just, that's one of the things I can always remember. I can't remember not being this way. Um, you know, so it was really about when I was around 
probably started to really, really be in my face um, around the time that I was about nine, eight, nine years old, where I really knew I uh, was really recognizing, okay, these are not, I'm not hearing anybody else talk about these things. I'm not, nobody else kind of acts or acts this way or does this. And at the same time, as much as I, I can say, I was probably well-liked by a lot of different people. At the same time, I still felt like I stood out and never really had, I always just floated around, which in some ways is good, especially as an adult, I can look back and go, hmm, it's kind of nice. I could get along with everybody in every group or clique, you know, um, if you will. And it just, it didn't matter, but I also was kind of ostracized at the same time. It's very weird to, to say that, but that's, hmm. that's kind of how it was. Like, so, um, you know, I always just, everything was different. My brain worked differently, the way I saw things the way I, you know, perceive things, the way I felt about things was, was different, but, um, I did get really sick and it's not, this is not a near death experience, but I did notice that things heightened and became uh, more intense for me after I was really sick. When I was about 10 years old, I had what was called Stevens Johnson's disease, or maybe they call it syndrome. I don't know. It's, it's changed over the years. So you're talking mid eighties back then. Um, they didn't really know anything about it. And really basically it, it was on the, the coattails. I, got sick into it right off the coattails of the chicken pox. And um, Jeez, I guess yeah. back then it was not unusual, uh, but not common. It was extremely rare, but it was not unusual for kids to get some form of this, but I got, ex I was extreme. And what it does is it kills your immune system. It kills. So like by the time they figured out was wrong, I was in one hospital for a week. And I mean, you're talking blisters all over my body, no appetite. Everything was wow. shutting down. I remember asking my dad one night, if I was going to die, because that's, I can still remember how awful I felt. That's how bad this thing is. And, um, wake up and my lips would be not to be gross, but like my lips are bleeding because your skin, just everything shuts down. It's just awful. But, um, that's after a true about story. A week, I just looked it up on, on the interwebs while you were talking. Oh yeah. Thank you. No, it's no lie. And it's very, and it's, sad. it's a syndrome by the way. Thank you. See, when I had it, they called it disease and then they would flip back and forth. But like right. I said, like I was in one hospital and then after like the third, second or third day, they were experimenting on me because they had no freaking idea how to handle what I Jeez. had or even what it was. God. So finally someone's like, get her to children's. I wasn't even off the ambulance. And I can remember hearing the nurses tell my mother and they were barking orders, get her here, get her there. I was in isolation in the infectious diseases uh, unit, not because I was contagious, but because if I contracted anything, it would have killed me. Oh. So, yeah. So it affected my eyes. It affected, like I had the sores under my eyes. I had scar tissue until probably in my thirties under my eyelids. It was, I mean, every part of your body is affected inside and out by this disease. It's awful. Um, so, but again, not in your death, it wasn't, but it was almost like after that, I, you know, I'm a firm believer of, you know, everything we go through is meant to make you stronger. You're either going to rise or you're going to fall. Right. And, and to get through it, it's a lot, there's a lesson to be learned in everything. And, and I feel like that was a real big test for me to see what I could be capable of and how I could fight through something. Um, because I know that, I mean, my kids were born, my older two kids were born on 98 and 99. So in the early two thousands, when they were little, there was a bout of time where you saw like ibuprofen ads, children's medicine. Um, there were warnings because this, this syndrome reared its ugly head again and, and children were dying from this. And I just remember sitting at, watching the TV the one night going, oh my God, like I can't even fathom that in this day and age, knowing what I went through and, and I lived through it. you like, there's just not, you know, so it was just one of those things. But after that, because of the damage to my eyes, um, <clears throat> there was, um, I started seeing spots and what I would tell my mom was splotches of color. Okay. So purple, green, and they would not go away. So 
I didn't make the correlation at the time, but I knew something was going on. So at first I was just told, no, it's your eyes. If it's damaged, you just have to wait till it heals and it gets better and we'll see what happens, blah, blah, blah. And um, no, that never went away. And what I have been able to learn in later years was that um, I was still drawn to those areas. So I would still stare off into a certain direction and the air in the room would change. So physically with my eyes, I would see either these splotches of color. And it, and it is very similar to um, when you stare at a light and then you look away and you see the splotches of color and the, the masses and the different, you know, like yeah. your eyes have to readjust and you see, it, but they go away right away. These were not, these were lingering. These were almost like there, like, like I wanted to touch them. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was either that, or I would look and the air in a room would change just in one spot. So it would look wavy or thick or plasmic, almost like when you look through, um, the fumes of like a, a charcoal grill or something like that oh right. sure yeah so yeah. it would just be real weird and so i'm gonna say like age 10 is when things really took a turn for me but i can remember way back um but then i started putting things together but the the frustrating part for me was that even though i was physically seeing some things i was feeling other things there was still no connection for my brain to make any resolution of what was happening so there was no end means to an end. Like I never knew, was it? But later on, I learned that yes, it was spirit or my spirit guides, to be honest with you. I knew they were around me too. Looking back, I have no doubt my, my protector guide, especially was with me. So um, yeah, just crazy. So those were, and then I just kind of went from there. And then, oh gosh, early nineties, late eighties is when uh, Sylvia Brown came up, you know, started becoming real big and she was on Montel Williams. And I remember she was like my first taste of actually seeing a psychic and I was drawn and I couldn't, it was to a point where he had her on just once in a while. And then before you know it, he had her on regularly. And I was making sure I was home from school, from work back. Mom, I got to be sick that day. Like, we, Seriously. We got to be home. Because I could, yeah, I, I could connect with her though. It was insane. And I'm going, oh my gosh. But there was a time where it was very scary too. Because, you, you know, as you grow up, I didn't, it wasn't taboo in my family, but I didn't grow up knowing anybody else was gifted or had this. And nobody... Sure. as close-knit as my family was back then and they still are but we saw each other all the time like at least once a weekend we were all right. together and then special functions for kids and things like that nobody ever said anything to me or said anything to my mom like hey i'm recognizing this about her so um it was really hard i had no one to turn to so i would tell my mom the best i could and she was as um supportive as she could be she never treated me like i was lying but she didn't know what to do and didn't really couldn't really do anything about it and then there were a lot of times where I called my grandma who has been gone for 25 years. Um, but she, whenever I was home alone, got to that age where I was home alone, you know, all of a sudden something would be in the room with me or in the house with me. And I'd be terrified because I could never make that, that, that final connection to, to know what's going on or what is this, you know? And so I would call when you're her a child, I can, I can only imagine that, you know, you're, you're, you're going through things that you, you don't understand. Like it, it would like, even for me as an adult right now, if, if I were to start, you know, having gifts like this, like I'd be scared shitless right now. Yep. Not like, I mean, my first phone call would be to you. Uh, hey, <laughs> about this. what, uh, who, who are but, you? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> new, new, new phone. Who does? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, as, as a child, I can't, I can't imagine how scary that would be. Like you're just seeing yeah. colors and waves and feeling these things and you don't know what you're seeing or feeling or you, yep. and you didn't have anyone to turn to. Like it had to be terrifying at times. Yeah. Yeah. It really was because you don't know, you know, and, 
it was hard because, you know, when you're young, you play with Ouija boards at parties and things like that. And there were a couple of times where my, my best friend at the time back then had, um, she's still my best friend. We've been friends for 38 years. <laughs> um, but she, uh, she would have a couple of birthday parties where someone pulled out a Ouija board and boy, those girls just had a good time and thought it was all fun and games were here. I'm experiencing things there. They were not and connecting in a way that they were not. Right. And so that was hard too. <laughs> you yeah, know, was, it just I was, was always a medium years ago. Don't ever fuck with a Ouija board. And I haven't yeah. touched one since. Yeah. I've, <laughs> well, I've you know, one, so you what I've never, I've never played with one. I, I was never oh. at, at a place where that was a thing. Like I just never hung out with anybody who was like, Oh, I got this, this thing. Let's do right. this. I'm like, right. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and with Ouija boards, it, they're just like any other tool or piece of equipment you would use. It's all behind the intention. And, you know, you open doors, you have to close them. There are certain ways that you need to know how to use them. And there are proper ways to do certain things so that you can ensure they're used properly. And so there's no repercussion later, um, but there's no, afraid, there's no reason to be afraid of them. So to speak, it's just like anything else. Don't bastardize it. Don't misuse it. You know, don't think that you're above it because people always think it's fun and games. I always tell people, you know, don't worry if your friend who came here to this party tonight, you know, who needed a message really bad, doesn't get one because she might've decided not to get a message because you all come here and think this is going to be fun and games and we're going to laugh and we're going to cry together and yes we're going to have a good time but you know you all come here and then i start talking and you're and you hear the shit that comes out of my mouth and everyone's like oh my god like this is real right <laughs> you know? yeah. holy crap she just nailed you to a t when we were 10 and we're, we're 45 now you know so you know then people change their minds oh maybe i don't want her looking in my direction you know and it's, so you just it's like anything you set your attention behind it don't bastardize it just have respect for it it's this is, this thing is so much bigger, but it, at the same time, it is us. It's not a part of us. It is us. If that makes sense, that spiritual right. part of us is us. It is who we are. So there you go. <laughs> cool. So when did you kind of, so we know when you real like when you started to see and realize that there was something different, when did you, when and how did you like channel it yeah like figure it out and like channel it and then like foster it and grow it into what you do now so it wasn't until um it's just so funny because honestly every time i'm asked that i it really makes me think because it was it's all i ever knew but at the same time you're right there were different chapters and different phases that i went through to get me to that point but it was so subtle at the same time that um all i know is I was a young mom. I had my son at 20, my daughter at almost 22. They're 14 months apart, bing, bang, boom, divorce, single mom, young mom, whatever the case is. So I didn't really have a whole lot of time to grasp <laughs> what was going on, but I've always just been good at just being me, regardless right. of who, what, where I am or who's around me or whatever the case is. And um, although it did work, it did really hurt my self-esteem for a long time too. And it did really, um, it really made me question my self-worth because when you're going through this growing up, you, you know, things that you shouldn't. And I got a taste of it raising my own kids. Um, but you know, my, I remember yeah, my, my mom getting, getting from you, huh? What's that? I <laughs> know they could not, <laughs> no, they could not for the most part. I can't say that I was hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, we don't want to know everything about our, our 
families, you know, that close. Oh, we're yeah, not supposed yeah, yeah. to, but oh yeah, no, my kids used to hate it. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that would have been very oh, yeah. fun. Oh yeah, no, uh-uh. But um, I'd have, I'd have been if 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 I was the kid in that situation when you weren't around, I'd be walking around the house just motherfucking everything and everyone, just like whoever's here, you suck. I hate you. <laughs> well, you know, and the thing is, back then when Billy and Abby were little, I still. I had a better understanding because as you grow and you're on your own, you do learn to adapt and adjust. And as the world started to embrace, like I said, Sylvia Brown and, you know, John Edwards came along and, you know, other people were out there. You kind of start connecting with those people, even if you don't acknowledge, okay, I am this, I am that, um, which is one of the big, re- big reasons why when I mentor somebody, that is one of the first things I make them do. It's, it's own it, right? right. Even if that's all we've ever known and that's who we are, we have to own it. And so, you know, it, it's kind of, they really, Billy and Abby really knew me before I totally opened up hundred percent and that door was completely open for me. And so, but the funny thing is looking back, raising them, it's always all about following your gut too, because everything I, I did with them, I, I followed my gut because I was a young mom. I had lots of support and lots of family to help me. But at the end of the day, you still have to do what you have to do as a parent and, and make the best decisions you can, right? Especially in the moment. So everything I learned, I, I, I told them to do, I learned later when I mentored to, to embrace my gifts and actually get a hold of them um, or rein them in, I should say, was everything I was taught in mediumship courses. Oh. And it just blew my mind how much, you know, that happened. So, I mean, honestly, I would say in my early twenties, when my, my older two were babies, um, I don't see a whole lot with my eyes, but there were certain things that were appearing to me, um, certain experiences I did have, one with my grandmother who had passed away when I was a senior 25 years ago, and um, the one that I used to call that I couldn't anymore. Um, you know, things like that just just kind of led me up to, and I knew it was coming, like certain experiences that I had. It was real big in my church when I was young. I had faith. I'm Roman Catholic. I don't necessarily love the religion, but I loved who I was being a part of it because it helped me to embrace who I am and learn who I was so that I could continue to be me and be on my journey the way I'm supposed to be on my journey. And then dental assisting school and dental assisting, helping to take care of people, raising my kids in an early age. Um, You know, the things I went through with my first husband as a young, you know, when we were young and and just didn't work and got divorced and moved on and met my other, my, my husband now. And just all these things in life, if you look back, and I've always been in customer service, taking care of people, empath. So in some way, shape, or form, I've always been connected in that way, even if I didn't acknowledge it, and I've always been doing the work. So fast forward to a childhood friend of mine who did grow up down the street from me, who did grow up in a haunted house. Um, her house was very freaky. I never liked being there. Um, her son is actually a year older than mine. And she had moved away for many years and we connected on Facebook again when she kind of came back into the area. And one day she was like, okay, I'm going to take these, these classes. Does anybody want to, or I'm taking these classes. Does anybody want to help me out and let me practice reading them? So I volunteered long story longer and had her over to the house. And, and you ended up reading her. She absolutely, <laughs> I was like, she looked at me and went, I knew this is going to happen. I said, you, you knew this is going to happen. What are you talking about? Right. So it was crazy 
crazy, crazy, crazy. My things started, we heard, started hearing noises in my house. We started, it was just nuts, but you're absolutely right. That's absolutely what happened. And she says, I knew, I knew I needed to contact you and make sure you saw that message because I knew we were going to work together at some point because it was time. They kept telling me, you've got to make her do this. She's been putting it off too long. I had other things and other people that really, truly did need my attention. And I was not about to sacrifice that. Although I have learned that if, if I am led to it, I have to trust that it will be okay. And that I'm not sacrificing anybody, even my kids, if I have to do something I'm not going to do for them the way I think I should, because then you learn, you have to separate ego and you have to discern what you need to do. So that's kind of, that was really kind of it. So you're talking, oh gosh, how old was I? Ooh. Mid, early thirties. Okay. Early thirties. When I really, yeah, cause it's been seven years. So early thirties is when I started. God, am I that freaking old that I can be like, oh, no, never. My four- Holy crap. We're talking no, about no, no, somebody no. else. That can't be me. <laughs> no, we, we, have, we have a rule on the show. Every and every and any female guest is 21, and that's it. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. Welcome. <laughs> that made me feel so much better. So, yeah. But so, yeah. So, that's kind of that was kind of it. Very simple, nothing too exciting, you know, but along the way, just and then I embraced it, and that was it. And you know, the kicker after I came out and I, I opened up this business and said, This is who I am, and this is what I'm going to do. Do you know, my family came out of the freaking woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> Of, of course they did. Of course they did. All these tantrums that I get teased for having when I was a kid. Do you know, I look back, I'm like, holy crap, I was on constant sensory overload. Yeah, right. You know, and or feeling somebody else or picking up on a spirit that I didn't realize was a spirit and I didn't realize that's what it was at the time. So everything started making sense once I really let that door swing all the way open. That's really cool. <laughs> so... Uh, first off, of course, your family came out of the woodwork with, with like, yeah, we knew something was up because I mean, let's be honest, they probably they probably did or they just wanted to feel cool. Uh, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, this was real because, oh, boy, let me tell you <laughs> the conversations and experiences I've had with my family, which kind of makes me feel like I, I missed out, though, honestly, right. like that would have been really nice. Now, I don't blame anybody. There's no hurt. But I was like, Wow how different would things have been and how much earlier could I have done this? But then again, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And I, I was, I did what I was supposed to when I was supposed to. So I'm okay with that. So this is our lead up to, or this is our lead up to Halloween. This is our spooky season that we're doing. (laughs) So you guys, the two of you did a hunt together. Yes. Um, Yeah. So that was a good night until the cleaners came in. Oh, we were getting so much good stuff all yes. over that building. And then the like the manager of the building forgot to tell the cleaning crew not to come in that night. So yep. all of a sudden we hear like all this like knocking and banging and like there's lights turned on. And we're all just like, holy shit, like it's really <laughs> happening. Like, Christy, what do you feel? What are you what are you seeing? And then we like we run down to the basement and someone like comes out of the bathroom and scared oh, the man. shit out of us and we're just, oh my god <laughs> what <laughs> and we were like, like what? cleaning crew in there and pretty much um you know after that like i mean the cleaning crew they kind of like yeah real quick finished up what they were doing and they left in about 20 minutes but it pretty much late. like them being there killed it shut everything the down. entire like we were like everything mm-hmm. was building up building up building up yeah and then we thought it hit a crescendo because we're hearing all this stuff and it was just a cleaning crew. And after that, it was dead. Yeah. 
It was completely yeah. dead. Yeah, because that night was, it was, you know, some, you don't just always walk into a place to do an investigation and have spirit be like, oh, here I am. Sometimes right. you have to, you, they have to get used to you. They have to decide whether or not they're yeah. going to, you know, work with you. And, and you have to earn that sometimes. We were, and I felt uh, like we were, we were up in the attic and we were talking to that. Uh, or, oh my or God, you, that was so intense. You were talking to that spirit that apparently he was coming after you during the day, uh, like leading up. And uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was yeah. what, like a, a rapist and a murderer or yeah, something like that. Bad history, bad history. Yeah. This yep. is fascinating. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> oh, yeah. With Christy was amazing. Uh, Christy, at one point, um, we were walking down a set of stairs, and she's just like, oh, sorry. And, like, no one was in her way. And she's like, oh, no, not you, the spirit. Like, there's there's an old man. Like, there's, there's a gentleman here. Uh, he's just, like, constantly following me around because like he doesn't trust you guys yep i remember that guy uh, oh boy he was having a hard time with the guys there that night that yeah was, there was there was, was three of us and then christy that was that was it wow and mm-hmm. uh okay honestly so, later that night i actually saw him uh you didn't describe him at all you just said he was a gentleman and yep. towards the end of the night we were just sitting in the uh in like the <laughs> orchestra pit like i was yep. there with like with my eyes closed and i was just like christy does this guy happen to be wearing this specific <laughs> outfit with like this hat and like have this type of facial hair? And you're just like, yep. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking right at him. Yeah. And all the color just drains from his face. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> honestly, crazy. like it was, it was okay. okay. So let, let's corral this conversation here. First off, where okay. was it? Uh, the opera house, the Lancaster opera house okay. right down the road. So we, we don't, and often, I've never been there. We, we don't often denote our location. Um, so this is the Lancaster Opera House in the village of Lancaster, New York on Central okay. Avenue. Uh, there are plenty of stories and tales from this place and noises being heard and stuff like that. And you guys went and did a haunt and you. Had, so, yeah, we you, actually like we really had to a convince, ghost. Hunt. Yeah, we really had to convince them. They were very yeah. not for it until mm-hmm. like we we really had to put, like put in some groundwork to right. allow them to let us in there. And yeah. so you you bumped into an an elderly man spirit on the stairs who was following you because he didn't trust the group that was there. Not he trusted you, but not you and the other guys. Well, he was even, he was, you know, a little apprehensive about me too. He really was keeping an eye on all of us to make sure that we didn't get out of line and that we did. But I remember he did not want to move from this one doorway and all three of those poor guys were like, I don't know if I can say their names or not. I, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. So Frank and Tony, especially, he was giving them a hard time. Every time one of them would sit in the doorway, he'd be, they would be like, oh my God, I feel like someone's right there. And he would be I'm like, okay. So he's like right behind you. He never wanted us to like, he would always just stand in the doorway and block us um, huh. or them, especially. <laughs> so yeah, it was quite interesting. We That's had some so physical cool. stuff happen that night though, too. Do you remember Gene? We were all down in, in the base. Do you remember what happened? when the bag so okay so we're all standing so it's like um down in counter. the basement where um no 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 oh yeah no yeah. we yeah. were down okay so our base was we had all of our stuff in like the ticket the ticket room okay, so, you, so when you've you walk been in, in the opera house before right yes you know like where like you go to like the, the clerk's office like yeah. all the ticket offices right there when you walk up the front stairs yeah and so that's basically like in that hallway right there we like we had all of our stuff just kind of like set like on the counters there on the chairs there right we were like kind of just trying to get everything you know situated figure out what we had what we were doing stuff like that yeah right so we 
I mean, this bag, there was a bag next to the chair and we had come down on a break and we were, we were going through our stuff. Um, and I remember we were all either standing at the counter where the ticket, you know, ticket counter is or on the other side, the far side of the door where you come in, but next to the door where you come in, there was just a chair and there was this really heavy book bag that one of the guys, I think Eugenie, I think it was you, it had all like cords and equipment yeah, was, and things it was, like that. It, it was, was probably heavy. a good like, 10 pound bag just full of oh, like, easily. cords and equipment and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Cause I remember when he came in and whoever it was that put it down, you could hear it. Right. You could hear them, but, and you know them, they're, they're not little guys. These guys are, you know, big and strong. They just boom. And I just remember thinking, whoa, we had been in and out of that room a bunch of times already that night. And we, nobody was near it. It was setting flat and out of nowhere, we were talking, we were getting ready to go back, figuring out what our next move was. And then all of a sudden you hear this noise and this bag, it's like someone grabbed the handle on top and just slowly pulled it down off the chair. We were all like, oh my God, because I was like two feet from it. Right. (laughs) This, this is not even ghost related. But we're all standing there talking, and then all of a sudden, that dude comes walking through the door. It was like the the manager oh of the building, gosh, and yeah. like he scared the shit out of us. We He's scared the shit out of him. Open. He ended up like jumping and falling on the floor. <laughs> they forgot to tell him we were going to be there. <laughs> yeah, he just comes strolling yeah. through a door, and there's like five of us because we we also had uh, the 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 four of us, and then we had two other people with us at that point in time. Um, yeah. And uh, there's like six of us standing there and he just comes strolling through the door and he looks up and there's just six people standing there. He's like, holy shit. <laughs> so funny. Uh, oh yeah, that was a good night. You that also kept night. seeing a, a little girl or was it was it a little girl or was it just a woman that would that kept standing in like the front entrance way as well? I think it was a woman. I think it was a woman, if I remember correctly. It was a while ago. Um, oh, yeah. I want to say it was no, the same woman that was in the balcony in the opera house itself. Yeah, yeah. She she did not want to get close to us. She no. she definitely was like a lurker. Uh, she was just always around, but just yeah. never. Yeah, she just was creepy. Yep. Yeah, just she was observant. Well, I'll say that she was definitely observant. Yeah. So she's crazy. What are some other, have you done, you've obviously done other cool stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, what, what are some of the coolest places you've done uh, some of these ghost hunts and like, and like where, what's, so what are some of the coolest, what was the coolest and what was the lamest? Oh, Let's God, go to both ends now I'm going to have to really think because I've been all over because I actually just finished working on a, a new show that's going to be coming out hopefully in the next couple of months Ooh. and we've been all over. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so one of the things I'm also able to, <clears throat> to do is anytime you work with spirit and really let them work through you, it's called channeling, right? You're channeling spirit, but I can really let them work through me, which is how I got the attention of somebody unintentionally. And that's how the opportunity presented itself for me to be on destination fear. Um, and that was at the Statler. Actually, Statler is always going to be my favorite. It's where I got started with paranormal investigation. I love, and I love and, the Statler that night yeah. that we were there. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just, it, it wasn't such a big group of people. Like, I wish it wasn't like such a, like a public thing. Oh, I, uh, I wish I could get in there like with just like our small group, but unfortunately because of all the renovations, they're right. not even doing it anymore. Mm-mm. Hopefully Plus, sometime in the like, future. Didn't they just tear down the meat locker? 
Yes, they did. My oh. buddy Frank used to always be in there. Yeah, he's one of the the spirits that I used to talk to in there. <clears throat> but my buddy, Frank, oh yeah, that's awesome. my buddy Frank, the that's mobster so- <laughs> who used to beat people up and you know do whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> my buddy Frank, the spirit in the meat logger. because of, of course a mobster beat the crap out of people Christy, in the meat logger. Where else are you gonna friend- beat the crap out of people? Christy's just got all kinds of friends that are like old <laughs> mobsters that are dead and haunting meat lockers where they used to beat the shit out of people. Of course, those are her friends. <laughs> I listen. There's got to be a joke here somewhere that I was probably a mobster that beat people up in a meat locker when I was in a, in a different life. But right. who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, so I think one of my favorite, um, because of course you know I could think back and name a few, but because I'm on a spot, my mind is just not going to go. Of course, that's way it always go blank. So, <laughs> um, but one of my favorites was um, with the show that I'm doing, it's called um, When Darkness Falls. Um, one of the episodes was at Wayne County, the Wayne County Jail and Museum. Okay. okay. And uh, in the jail, I was, I'm actually able to channel. So I'm actually able to pull back and let spirit truly take over. And it happened in the jail. <laughs> so was this um, they or unintentional. Um, sometimes it's unintentional. I have more control over it than I used to. Again, okay. you know, because we learn and grow, and, and and we we get stronger, and other things kind of blossom as you do this, and you you go on. So it was something that um, was not happening until the until recent years. Like I said, so at the Staler, so like maybe four years ago, it really started happening hard. Um, but. Uh, yeah. So it kind of happened, you know, they have to earn it. They have to, I have to really know, but when I'm doing things like this now, I do kind of just open myself up under the protection of God and, and my, my guides and uh, let it happen if it's gonna, or I can give permission if it's starting slowly. So um, I was in a jail cell and I did freak out, you know, poor Nate, especially and, and the, the people I was with and they were like, Oh my God, you should have seen your face. It's like you were gone and the whole bit, you know, but I had this, this inmate that just, he wanted attention and he was going to get it. I don't want to tell too much because hopefully we'll watch, you'll watch the show when it comes out. But, I mean, I'm um, going to watch the show regardless. Of, <laughs> like, someone that I know is going to be on a TV show. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so what else? Let's see. Cause you know, the lamest I'd have to say, huh? Hate to really say lame and then call out a place because I don't want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I don't really want to do that. The question: What was the most underwhelming place that was hyped up to be a lot more than what you actually experienced? Okay. Um. Hmm. There's been a bunch. There's been a bunch. Um. Again, I'm thinking of a few and I'm almost leery to say just because I know these people so well and just are the people who work with them. Um, you, you, can, you can plead the fifth here. Yeah, we, I will plead. I'm going to plead the fifth because, you know, the thing is. You don't want to burn bridges. Couple, well, that's right. I don't want to hurt anybody either. But the but the True. other thing is just because nothing's happening for me doesn't mean it's not happening for other people. Right. So for and, and, and if I were to say that, you know, what's going to happen, even though you and I understand what I mean when I say that, because right. it does not mean there's anything wrong with the location or that people are not on the up and up. That's not the case, but other people will just blow that way out of proportion and bastardize it. And sure. I don't want to do that to anyone because just because something doesn't happen. But I mean, you know, 
One of my other favorites is Wildwood, uh, Wildwood Sanitarium in San Diego. I've wanted to go there, but unfortunately, oh, yeah. me and the guys are no longer together, so oh, we don't uh, we don't do anything. And I've kind of fallen out of it since then. So we should start That's a band. Fun. Yeah, there we're you start go. a band. We're gonna bring Chris. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we should start a band. Yeah. <laughs> I like cool stuff. I like going on adventures. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll 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 leave Allie like at home with snacks because I don't think she'd handle that well. Allie, like the first knocker bang, Allie's gone. Yeah, like Allie sized hole in the wall, gone. Like like Scooby Doo cartoon. There is a puff of smoke in the shape of her and her shoes left behind, and she is gone. (laughs) Uh, Uh, So I am not laughing at you, Allie. Whoever you are, I am. I am appreciating what they're saying because I don't care what any paranormal investigator says. They've had at least one or two of those moments themselves, no matter yeah. no matter uh, what. I, I'll be. I'll so, be honest. I had one in at uh, Iron Island when we went there. Uh, Frank wanted me to go um, through the uh, the mausoleum room up to the uh, crawl space. Okay. Uh, obviously, you've you've been to Iron Island, correct? No, I have not. Oh, you've I've not? Been. Okay. I have not so, been to Iron Island. Oh, Iron Island. That was a great We night. should start a band. Yes. <laughs> um, so Let's do it. The, uh, they have a, uh, like a, a crawl space, but in order to get to it, you have to walk through like a, um, like kind of like almost like a mausoleum room and it's like in a back room and then you got to like climb up a ladder and then you can stick your head up in a hole that's in the crawl space and ceiling. Okay. Um. He's like, just go, go up there, like poke your head around up there. See if you can't flush anything that might be up there (laughs) down. Okay. Not a problem. Now, normally I'm not like skittish to do anything at all, but for some reason, something was physically stopping me from crossing the threshold of that room. Like I would hype myself up. All right, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, going. And I would like Mm -hmm. charge towards the threshold of that room. And as soon as I got to the threshold is like nope 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 you can't go in there (laughs) so i don't know what it was i don't know if it was because i'm assuming that everyone probably has spirit guides whether or not you're attuned to them or not yeah um i i like to think that something was wrong in that room or something would have happened had i gone in there and my spirit guides were like nah bro like that's no you're sitting that one out (laughs) did you listen yeah, I didn't go in there. And good, I, I got, taught you something. I got kind of like, <laughs> nothing else. I got chastised and made fun of because I wouldn't go in there. Um, yep. But I was just like, I physically couldn't walk through the doorway. Yep. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that There's was one of the that was one of the cooler stories from the spooky places we've been episode yeah. we did. Um, awesome. I had the same no. thing. I went to Gutelberg Cemetery, Gutelberg Cemetery when I was in college with a couple friends and wouldn't even get Where out of the car. Uh, it's in Wales, like South Wales. Somewhere okay. right down the like the four hundred. It is so so creepy. Uh, it's hmm. kind of uh, dark, like almost. It feels like it's a like a dirt road, uh, but it's just like oh, like an a one and a half lane road going through with like the the trees and stuff are so overgrown, and also just miraculously on your right there's a cemetery, and oh. it's an old defunct cemetery that is still well kept uh, from the early nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds yeah. in there. And there's a lot of stories, a lot of different stuff. Um, we went in the middle of summer and I cracked my window a little bit when we pulled up to it and it was cold. Like 
I mean, it was like an 80 degree summer day and I cracked my window and went, oh, it's chilly out there. <laughs> and the, the two girls I was with were like, oh, you're going to get out. I was like, no, nope. are you getting out? They're like, no, we're not getting out. You should get out. I'm like, if I'm getting out of taking the car keys with me, because I drove and they're like, why? I'm like, because I am not getting left at a haunted cemetery. That's why you weirdos. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was very spooky. And then actually when uh when I was dropping the girls off, the first girl got out of her, out of my car and walked around the front and there were actually like kid handprints on my fender. Oh yeah, I believe it. Well, speaking of kids, there was, uh, Mike and I did an investigation two years ago now uh, in January, I think. And um, yeah, because it was before COVID. So, um, or during, it was like at the end of like COVID when we could start doing little things again. So we went to this place, um, Unfortunately, I can't say the name of it, uh, but it was, it, it is not, it's, I'm trying to think of where it is. It's out, um, Attica area. Okay. Somewhere out there, I believe. But what it is, is it's an event center and these people own it. And the reason I'm not saying it is because um, the people who own it, he works with one of them. So I, I don't know that they would want this sure. out there, um, but it was really awesome. So there were some other people who were going to come that were going to just investigate and we were going to do our own thing and we went live. So actually you can go on, on to where's my sage because we actually have, we recorded it. We did a live investigation from this location um, and it was an event center. And so uh, there was one point where we were in the residential building, which they, even though they're two separate buildings, they are connected, but truly like it's a hallway. You right. know what I mean? So you're either in one building or you're not. And when you're in the middle, there's like bathrooms and like a sitting area, you know? So if you're in one or the other, you're really not going to hear anything in the other building. So there was one point where we were upstairs in the residence and I had brought little goodie bags of candy that I put together in Ziploc bags. And I was sitting on the floor because I was picking up on uh, a little girl, I believe it was a little girl and two little boys. And the other people who were there ended up investigating with us. Um, we let them do that. I'm very picky about that. I don't like to walk in and find out other people are going to just be with me because I have certain ideas of how I want things to go. Um, and people aren't working, you know, if you're not used to working with the medium, it's very different because we have other obligations and other responsibilities than and investigators do because they're, they're not doing what we're doing in the way we're doing it. But I mean, that's kind that's of the either... way that we did it at the opera house when yeah. we got there, we're like, all right, what do you want to do? Yeah. Kind of let you lead us and wherever we went, we kind of did our own thing, yeah. but it was more like, I, I think you were the one who was like, uh, we're going straight up to the, <laughs> let's okay. go. Boom. Yeah. That's usually how it is. Like we're led, we're talking, like you said, the other guy was with me all day before we even got there. Um, but it was really neat because these other people who were with us, um, had an SLS. Do you know what an SLS is? Yeah. It's, um, you, you've watched the ghost shows yeah. right there. Um, it's the, uh, like the, the green, like all the green dots. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you okay. see, like the stick figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around. yeah. It's, it's that. Gotcha. Yeah. So they had one of those. So the whole time I was up there, I ended up sitting on the floor at one point and you could see, like, as I was saying, now mind you, they're sitting off. Mike can't even see it because he's on the other side of me. So these two guys are running the SLS on the other side of me in a doorway. And every, like I was saying, okay, somebody's, one of them just jumped on my back and I could feel their arms wrapped around my neck, like a little kid who wanted a piggyback ride. Right. Oh my gosh. One of them's touching here. One of them's touching there. And the whole time I could hear 
after I would say that, oh my God, look at that. She's not like, holy crap, look at it is, it's right there. Oh my God, she's not, because it was like, it was like in sync with what I was saying, but I wasn't talking to them at all. It right. was the coolest thing. Um, cool. That was really neat. Yeah. Because, you know, if I, I put my hand out, you'd see them take my hand, you know, um, I gave, uh, I put the goodie bags, like they were Ziplocs, so they weren't flimsy, but they were sturdy enough where if you set them up, they, they kind of leaned against the wall. Yeah. And at one point no one was by it and no one was moving. We had all been still, so I could do this. And um, the one like flopped over, <laughs> like, I don't know, like they were trying to take it. You know, because I kept, oh, what's that? What's that? It's candy. These are treats for you that I brought, you know, um, things like that. So super really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun experience too. All right. So this is probably going to be the last question I ask directly because we're hitting about the time okay. um, that we like to run. So what is the scariest or like creepiest thing you've experienced? Like the, the we'll call this your holy shit moment. Um, oh, so it actually was not on a, on a paranormal investigation. It was not, it was actually during a private party I did about three years ago. So I had had these, this lady contact me because um, her husband was having issues and they lived in this, this ranch house with her mother. Her mother moved in after her father, her father passed away. And um, she was describing some issues her husband was having because he was being bothered and harassed and um, woken up in the middle of the night. Um, it was a succubus incubus kind of a situation, mm. which is what I ended up determining or thinking that it might have been. I am not one to jump to conclusions as far as I don't go yelling demon. I don't oh, so do they exist. I absolutely, what? Wow. <laughs> Name dropping. What? I said, so you're, you're coming not, out hot. I like it. You're not Zach Baggins. I got to give you a big no on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, but thanks for playing. <laughs> no, um, but I'm not also not one of those people who are going to tell you too that they don't exist because they do. I've had a taste of it and I have been tested with it. Um, do I encounter it every day? No. Are there asshole spirits out there who have not crossed into the light? Yeah, absolutely. They're all over the place, but they're not demonic. So but this, in this particular situation, um, you know, I was aware of the situation and, and at the time it had been just a little, whatever it, it was okay. Like we said, okay, we're going to watch this. You need to let me know what else is going on. We're not going to jump to conclusions. If you want, when you're ready, I'll come, whatever. They were not ready. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> necessarily to have me come. <clears throat> Sorry. My voice is trying to give out, um, to, uh, come to do anything just yet. They weren't sure. So, uh, the second time they called her husband was actually there. And what happened was he actually woke up with somebody on top of him, um, touching him inappropriately. And so when I had her put him on the phone, the poor man was trembling, trembling, Holy shit! like Holy he shit. could barely get the words out. And the stuff he told me, he had not told his wife. Like I, I said, okay, I know more has happened to you. It's time to tell me if you want me to help you. And he laid into me some things that were, I was like, okay, well, we'll see, you know, we'll, when you're ready. Cause he still didn't want me to whatever. So I said, okay, fine. So then she ends up wanting to have a private party. Things seemed to have calmed down. And I was like, well, my guide said, you have to wait till they're ready. You just do whatever. She wanted to have a private party and they were private readings. So 
um, when I do private readings, especially, uh, or when I do private parties, especially private readings, what I do is I set up in whatever private quiet room they're going to have me in, but then I go and I dress, I dress the group as a whole first. So that that way we don't waste time with me explaining how things are going to work with every single person. That way you come down, we do your reading, you're good. Everyone gets a chance to ask questions here. They hear it all at once. So I come in, the house is very pleasant. It's this cute little ranch. I walk in, the energy was great upstairs. I walked by a bedroom, didn't, was not told whose room it was. And then there was her father waving at me. I'm like, oh, that's her mom's room. You know, how cute, whatever. So she leads me downstairs. She's like, you're going to be in the basement. It's a full finished basement. I'm like, perfect. Right. So we go down these stairs and I get halfway down the staircase and it, wallops me and I know I'm I'm in a place I should not be like it was hatred anger bitterness unlike anything I have felt before and the way I can compare that is by telling you the opposite and saying on the a few occasions that I've encountered a true angel and they have come to me especially during a reading for somebody it is something unlike anything you've ever experienced but in the most positive way right it makes you want to fall to your knees. That's how amazing and beautiful this feeling is. Well, this take this in, in its complete opposite. So I look to the, the one, you come down the stairs and there's a room to your right. There's a finished bathroom in front of you. And then to the left is the whole rest of the basement, which goes, um, when you walk in, it goes right to left. It's the long way. Kitchen, full, beautiful kitchen, couches, family room, the whole bit. But that room, which was the kid's room, because it was all in fluorescent colors, totally cute was the worst. It was the most, I was like, Oh no, I knew whatever's in there is bad. Like it did not, it did not like the fact that I came down into its territory. I was very well aware of that early on. So I get into the other part of the room and, um, she's like, here, you're going to set up here. And I said, okay, there was a nice coffee table. And now mind you, I'm able to, where I was sitting on this couch, I had the kitchen on the left. I had the rest of the room on my right. And then in front of me is the doorway to go to the bathroom and the rest of the, you know, the stairs are through there to go back right. upstairs and the other room that was like totally taboo. But there was also like a sliding door kind of thing, you know, one of those accordion sliding doors that they had just to separate it. So I sat down there and she went upstairs and I looked around and there was this sketch of Ozzy Osbourne on the wall in the kitchen that I swear to God, if it could have jumped off the page and hurt me, I know it would have. Like that's that's how on guard I was because my angels were around me and I was being told to tread lightly. So I'm like, okay, I'm setting up and I'm like, how am I going to do this? Like, seriously, I am not, I am in uncharted waters here, but I have a job to do. And so I, I literally addressed it. I said, I don't know who or what you are, but I just want to make it clear I'm not here to do anything, but read these people do my job and then I will leave and I will not bother you at all. So if you allow me to do that, I will leave as soon as I am done. Like I have no intentions of doing anything to you with you or for you. So all of a sudden it kind of felt like um, a bubble. All of a sudden I had breathing room, hmm. but that picture, it's like this thing focused and centralized stood in front of the counter and like leaned against it the whole night. And watch me because I the air like when I, how I I described it earlier like where the air changed and it was wavy and it gets thick yeah. it was like that nonstop the whole night wow. so I set up I went upstairs 
I gave my spiel. I was up there for about 20 minutes talking to the group. I went back down and the feeling was about 10 times more intense than it was when I originally went down there. Like they, it was making its point. You are not welcome here and you better not get out of line. So I start the readings and I'm doing the readings. And, um, one of the issues, one of the last issues that she had told me her, her, um, her husband had was he was laying in a bed. And at the time I did not know which bed. All I know is he woke up because he smelled her perfume. And when he called her name and she didn't answer, he went to roll over. Well, as soon as he rolled over on his back or he rolled over on his stomach and was going to look up at her, like from the side, because he had been facing the wall. As soon as he rolled over on his back, he got pinned down. And so whatever it was sat on him and was to a point where the backs of his thighs and his lower back ached for days. And that's actually the phone call that I got from her. Wow. Um, yeah. So when that happened, he would, it was like 10 minutes. It would not get off of him. He was terrified. It wasn't until her mother came home and you could hear the door upstairs jingle that all of a sudden everything was gone. But I didn't know that when I was down there at the time that it actually, now that I'm thinking about that phone call came afterwards. I apologize, but everything up to that, he had had all these other encounters that were inappropriate and sexual and the whole bit. So I came down, I did it. And the whole time it was almost like my bubble kept getting smaller, 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 smaller to the point where the hostess was my last. And once she was done, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I literally was chased. And at one point, her little dog, a little Pomeranian poofball, something or other came downstairs, <laughs> cutest little thing, right? Circle around, 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 would not go in the kitchen, would not go anywhere near that spot in the kitchen. And then the door was open, that little slider door that they had. I just told them to go ahead and leave it open. It wasn't a big deal. That way people could just come and go. Um, it stopped because right, literally right outside that door where the stairs to go back up to the main part of the house, the poor dog, this person comes down, the dog had been downstairs with me acting weird, not happy. She went to go upstairs and she stopped at the doorway. Like something went and let her by the person I was trying to give the reading to. We had to pause the reading because I record them. We had to pause the reading. She had to go and like, go ahead. It's okay. As soon as she walked over, the dog was able to just go right up the stairs. It was crazy. Wow. Crazy. And then after that party, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Talk about being chased out of there. Like, okay, we had a deal. It's done. Get the hell out of my spot. Jesus. So it was, it was, I think that was a Friday. I got called on a Sunday. I was about to go live and do a, a live event. She called me in tears with that phone call telling me that her husband was pinned. And that's when I actually talked to him. And then I actually sent, um, um, a demonologist and I know over to help them because it was out of my hands at that point, right. but it was crazy, crazy. It was, so talk about being and it tested and really, I don't know. It's just weird. You know, you think you're, you're always prepared. You always do what you have to, to protect and prepare for situation. Um, but yeah, talk about a test of faith. Sorry. I think someone's coming home. <laughs> so. That's, that's wild. That's so crazy. cool. <laughs> Um, so this is the part of the show where we let you plug all your stuff. Uh, you know, at, at anyone, anything, any shout outs, uh, you're, you know, you already mentioned your show a few times, feel free to mention your show where they can find it. stuff, stuff like that, where they can get a hold of you. If anybody would like to do so, uh, this is your time, your floor, go ahead. Thank you so much. So, yeah. So right now I am still working virtually. I do not have an office. Um, but, you know, like I said, Reiki can be done virtually. I've done that, um, you know, virtually uh, with um, video, actually, with people through COVID. Um, you can call me anytime. Well, 
you know, within reasonable business hours, <laughs> uh, call or text. 4 a.m. call. What's that? No 4 a.m. calls, people. That's Figure right. Oh my gosh. Call. My poor husband's always like, your phone's always going off. I said, I know. But if I, if I shut it off, then I can't talk to the kids if they need me. So it is what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, so my phone number, everything is posted on our Facebook pages, on my Facebook page, um, on my website. I do have a website. Um, you can find me, Facebook, Christy London, uh, medium and Reiki master. I also have Christy London, my public page, which actually says public page. Where's my sage to taste of the universe. You can find me there as well. My website is blueeyedempath.com. You can find me there. If you want to schedule anything, it's always better. Or if you have questions, just call me um, or message me directly, like with text message or something like that. But our show is on every Tuesday night uh, at eight o'clock Eastern standard time, eight to 10. And we talk about everything under the sun. We also go and do live events and things like that. I will also be at the Statler, uh, giving readings. The Statler psychic fair is back and it will be, uh, October 24th from one to six. Cool. Uh, and if you send us that information, I'll be sure to put that in the information for this episode. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. This was so cool. We've been looking forward to this since since you uh, brought it up on the show. Yeah. Like, like, like I messaged you uh, like 10 minutes after we finished like filming that episode. And I was you, like, you, may, you may have like sent the text while we were still recording. I think I told you. <laughs> You're making me blush. Oh, you guys are great. I really appreciate that. I'm very flattered. Thank for, you. For a month. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, we, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome. This was a blast. Uh, and again, we should start a band. We should, we should go ghost hunting. Yeah. We're going to do it. I'll, I'll, I don't, That's awesome. hey. I don't hold a camera. I don't care. Get a hold of us. Mike and I will go on an investigation with you guys. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Right for on. sure. Right, do that. So, yeah. uh, Thanks for tuning in, guys. Common Debauchery is part of the BACBP Radio Network, www.bacbp-radio.com slash common-debauchery. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you get your oozy, juicy podcast music juice flow thing from. I don't know. I just kind of tack it on as I go every week. Don't look at me that way. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. Just Google Common Debauchery. Type in Common Debauchery in the search bar. We will pop up. Uh, we're trying to be better about posting cool, fancy things for you guys to talk, talk about, uh, comment on, so on and so forth. You can see those stuff like follow share subscribe all the cool stuff thanks for tuning in we'll catch you do the stuff just do all the stuff there's stuff to be done get to doing it uh thanks for tuning in guys we'll catch you next week as we take another step forward toward halloween during spooky season with that uh you have to fill in here okay miss me okay yes so i'm gonna say (laughs) i'm so and so you're gonna say you're so and so, then he's gonna say he's so and so, and we're all gonna say, and this has been common debauchery. I'll say, and this has been, and we're all gonna say common debauchery. Got it? Okay, so I'm gonna say I'm so and so. Yes. So it's gonna be <laughs> with with all that being said. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next week. This has been another episode of Common Debauchery. I'm the Nightmare. I'm Christy London. <laughs> I'm Rotten Jack. And this has been Common, common Debauchery. Common debauchery. Yeah.